Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Scions Recap Show. My name is Akshay Ishwaran, and joining me from beautiful Midtown Atlanta is a man who never takes voting for granted, Mr. Jake Grant. How are you doing today, sir? That was a terrible pun, but it's so true. Uh, I'm doing fine. You could say that I've been optimizing my day, and by that I mean I spent all of it doing optimization. So maybe that's not actually optimized. Isn't that quite the connection? When did you turn into an industrial engineer? Ah, uh, this is an ME class, though, sir. So you know, I can I can lie to myself. Yeah, you see, grad school, you know, grad school is just an acquired taste. It really is, and I'm yet to acquire it. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of things that tech has yet to acquire, um, a win in, in football in the last couple of weeks. That's definitely on the list. Uh, but they did acquire a uh, podium finish in cross country. We'll talk about that. Uh, we'll talk about uh, some games from around the ACC. I think it was a pretty eventful week, all considered, uh, with Boston College giving Clemson a scare and then uh, some action in Charlottesville. Uh, yeah. But yeah, missing anything here? Uh, I don't know if you caught that over uh, on your end of the recording, but the whistle just went off as the sun sets here, so that's kind of cool. That's uh, that's always interesting. Well, I looked out my window to see if I could see the whistle um, without putting together that I live in an interior-facing apartment, nowhere near campus. That yeah. is not smart. Oh, well, All also right. you do just heard that slack come through, but this is uh, this is a cut rate operation we run here, Akshay. So that's we luck. really thrive on the mountains. Uh, anyway, let's let's move on. Let's talk about some cross country. Uh, they were at the ACC championship meet. Am I correct in that? Yes, sir. Cary, North Carolina. Ooh, boy. All right, tell me tell me a little about what they did there. All right. Um. So. I got good news and I got bad news. What do you want first? Uh, let's go with bad news first. All right. Bad news is that the men who were having a fine little season to themselves before this um, wound up finishing uh, towards the bottom of the pack in the ACC, which is not ideal. Um, they so, had a couple second place finishes in, in some of their regular season competition uh, but had fallen off uh, down the stretch a little bit. Uh, they came in 12th out of 15. Um, we were looking middle of the pack hopes, more or less, for uh, for Georgia Tech. And, the, and their top finisher, Andrew Kent, led the way in 54th. So uh, not ideal. Um, but again, this is the, I guess the bright spot is this is not the team that we had some uh, higher expectations for. So uh, with that, the good news is the women finished second. Um, which is quite good. Very, very good. Some might say, uh, some might say, stupendous. Uh, it's their uh, best finish in in conference ACC conference uh, history. Um, a lot of times when you see like, oh, we got runner up, we got second. Uh, why didn't we get first? Like so close, kind of thing. Because um, I know that was my first thought, uh, not remembering that NC State is uh, fourth in the country and we were twenty fifth. 
And the fact that we uh, kind of edged our way up past a couple of the other ranked teams in the conference is definitely a good look for us. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, with that, we got three top 15 finishers, uh, senior uh, Nicole Feigens, Feigens, I don't know how you say it. I'm sorry. I've never heard anybody say it out loud before. So that was a good as guess as any. And then uh, two juniors, um, Mary Catherine Knott and Liz Galarraza. Um, so, yeah, good job to the three of them getting all ACC. And then everybody was uh, across the line in the top 40. So a uh, couple seniors uh, rounding out the top five for Tech. I think it's also important to note that NC State, I think, has won almost every single ACC cross-country championship for the past 20 years. Yeah, it's something like that. I have that on my computer. I could pull it up. But, uh, but yeah, no, yeah. They're, they're, they're horrifically, awfully disappointing in, uh, you know, football, men's basketball, baseball, women's basketball before this year. Um, but uh, when it comes to women's cross-country, you know, they're, uh, if that's what, uh, that's what gets you going, that is, uh, Hey, NC State, you know, you gotta, you gotta take what you can get, you know, college athletics is a brutal, brutal marketplace. It, it, it really is. At least, uh, at least we're all not Boston college because I did, I did the math. Um, this is a bit of an aside, but, um, invented a metric to see just how, uh, futile some teams are and schools are at winning titles and, uh, Boston College is a fat one for every other opportunity uh, since they got to the conference in 04, I believe. So that mm -hmm. one men's soccer championship uh, is collecting some dust by now. Well, at least they have a men's soccer team. It's uh, a little bit more than we can say right now. That is true. But uh, but we do have a golf team that's like the three-time defending conference champions. So, uh, you know. Take what you can get. Exactly. All right, shall we move on to go around the ACC? Sure. All right, you know the drill. I'm going to read out the score and the time, and you're going to give me some hot takes. All oh, right. Hot takes, sir. The Nooner on ACC Network, Wake Forest 38, Syracuse 14. All right. Um I don't think that this played out much differently than I thought it would play out. I don't think Syracuse is all that good. Um, maybe Wake scored a little bit more than than I thought, but I, I think this was pretty chalky. I think we went uh, four for four on our uh, from the Rumble Seed staff picks for this game. So, yeah, Cuse is not good, and. <laughs> It really makes, you know, it makes me think things. We'll, we'll, we'll get there. Uh, the other nooner, and this one was on ABC, and uh, it caused a bit of a clamor on the social medias. Boston College, 28. Number one, Clemson, 34. Yeah. Um, well, just uh, goes to show that perhaps the transitive property doesn't work in football. Um Boston College definitely gave Clemson more of a fight than I think anybody really gave them credit for. Clemson has looked like the unstoppable juggernaut, but this is uh, them in post-Trevor uh, post days, really. It was a window into what they're going to look like in the future. And in the future, they're still pretty darn good. So even a, even a two-score lead uh, pretty deep into the game wasn't really all that safe. And I don't think that 
was surprising. I think what was more surprising was just how long Boston College held on and, and the fact that they were competitive deep into the fourth. You know, it's a one-score, six-point game. That's that's about as good as you can ask against the team that has dominated so, the conference. So you did pretty well with the cross-country last names. I need you to say the Clemson quarterback's last name. You oh, know the exact one that I'm talking about. I don't even have it written in front of me. I couldn't say it off the top of my head. <laughs> Google it. Google it. Google it. Okay. Clemson, not Trevor. Let's see what that is. Very good search terms. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Also, uh, Trevor Lawrence is no longer the favorite to win the Heisman Trophy at multiple sports books. All right. Wow, they have not even mentioned the other guy's name yet, and I'm all the way down here. Okay, here, here we go, here we go. Five DJ, star DJ Ugalele. Okay, we, so Ugalele is close, and we should definitely not spend a lot of time on this. Let's see. Uh, I had the uh, so you can search pronunciation. So let's see here how to how to pronounce it. Uh, Ui Ungalele. Wow. We it's it's we we uh lele or Ui Ungalele is 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 how you say it according to the uh Clemson message boards, which I feel are like are gonna give my computer a virus. So I'm gonna click away from there. Uh I wound skip. Up, I wound up in an Ohio State uh message board doing some preview work for Notre Dame because they had some historical post about, you know, them flirting with the Big Ten and whatever. And I'm glad that my computer still functions after visiting, like, gobucks.com or whatever that was. Oh, God. Yeah. I'm sure, like, Tex-Ags is probably even worse. But that's, you know, we'll we'll get there whenever we play A&M, whenever that is. Before – before we go on, I would like to uh, issue a correction to the cross country, uh, you know, last twenty years or whatever thing. Uh, NC State has actually only won four in a row, but they have won twenty five out of the forty two women's cross country uh, offered. If that makes sense, dating back okay. to nineteen seventy eight, they won uh, the first three, then lost two, then another three, then lost one to Clemson, and then won one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen out of the next sixteen. So, yeah, you got that the spirit of the spirit of the yeah, street. you know, spirit rather than letter of the law. You, you know how it goes. Yeah, All right, um, let's move on on the Boston College thing. Um, oh my God. Our adjusted, uh, our official from the rumble, rumble seat adjusted sadness rating uh, for a Boston College is a negative 1134 on a scale from, uh, well, it broke the scale, really. They're the only, they're the only team in the negatives, so rip them. <laughs> I, this is a new rating system to me, and you're going to have to explain it later after we, we get off the air here. Yeah, sure thing. Just know that Georgia Tech comes in in the middle of the pack for everybody who was uh, worried about that. That's different. Anyway, moving on. The 4 p.m. game on the ACC Network. Virginia Tech, 42. Louisville, 35. Um, 
Yeah, I think Virginia Tech was probably supposed to win this game, and then they won. They won the game again. That's not a very inspiring answer. It's been a pretty, uh, I don't want to say chalky season uh, for us over at our picks, but once again, uh, the only person who lost this week was you, um, and I don't know what uh-huh. Louisville, uh, that made you uh, want to pick them, but. I I I to be think fair, it looks like they gave VT a game. I don't I don't then, want that to get lost here. And Virginia Tech does have uh uh more players back, which is surprising. You'd think that their results would accelerate or improve or, or something. You'd but think. That's uh you know, that's a trap. Let's let's uh let's scroll down to the win probability graph here. Um, okay, so VT opened a 21-point lead uh, in the middle of the second quarter. So that's not good. Uh, let's see. Louisville storms back, gets within 10. Honestly, I think this was just a crockpotting. That's what it makes it look like. That's a good old-fashioned anyway. crockpotting to you. Indeed. Uh, speaking of a game that was definitely over well into the first quarter, the 7 p.m. on your local regional sports network that is no longer available on YouTube TV or Hulu, Charlotte 19, Duke 53. Yeah. Oops. Womp just, womp. Uh, this one, not just, much to say here. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I'm – not convinced Duke is all that good, but I didn't realize Charlotte was that bad. <laughs> well, Charlotte's also a new program. I think I like what I like what they're doing uh, in their little neck of the woods in North Carolina. Um, it's just like there is still a definite step up in quality, even if it is Duke. Yeah, I'd say that's fair. All right. The nightcap on the ACC network at 8 p.m., Number 15, UNC, 41. Virginia, 44. This one definitely surprised me. Indeed. Yeah, I I guess I didn't watch this game, but... And, and we were talking about this before, before we started recording. It would have been real fun for UNC to go into the bye week undefeated. And, it, and there's... Probably we're probably in like the one or two universes where it didn't actually happen, um, because they probably should have beat FSU pretty handily, and they probably should have won this game pretty handily too. But I think it's something that we saw in the first week versus Syracuse is that UNC sometimes when the competition is worse, they just can't they 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 play a little bit down to the opponent and they just can't put them away. Yep, when it gets late. Yeah, I I, I think UNC uh, belies its fact, maybe not as a mediocre team, but definitely as a team that's not used to being good, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Like a good team wins that game. Mm-hmm. UNC and is a pretty good team, an okay team. Good for the conference for them to be okay, but like, meh. Yeah, this is, uh, this is not a particularly... Excuse me. A particularly inspiring performance from UNC. So bad, in fact, that it made me yawn mid-recording. But now to talk about an even less inspiring performance on the football field. 
Very good segue, me pat on the back. Uh, Georgia Tech versus Notre Dame. Uh, let's talk about the cliff notes here. Uh, 31 to 13 Notre Dame. Um, Notre Dame played like the like a top five team. Um, and they they played in Georgia Tech's usual home colors. There's there's a couple things uh, I, very ironic about what happened on Saturday. I was going to say, I've been sitting on an anecdote. I don't know if I even told you this, but um, the person sitting next to me at the game um, started uh, asking very confused questions when Notre Dame scored their opening touchdown because the team in white and gold with blue numbers had just scored um, because they were like, oh, I thought Notre Dame was the black team. Um, nope. So that was uh, – it, it Funny if it didn't just like kill me a little bit on the inside, you know? Yeah, and I think just to, just for more context, this was the Black Watch game um, yeah. for Georgia, honoring the uh, 1980s, late 1980s Black Watch defense. Um, they, they the uniforms looked fine. I think we had this discussion earlier in the week, but both in the writers' room um, on social media and i think in a couple articles they they looked fine it's just that i think that it was kind of a read the room situation right yeah i would agree with that yeah and i i, I know you had some other varied criticisms of them as well and i think most of it for both of us had to do with well you dumped a bunch of money into into making sure that everyone's standardized on white and gold, and now we're talking about black uniforms. Yeah, um, it, it it drives me a little bit <laughs> nuts. A little bit, mm. just just a little just a little bit nuts. Um, but I I don't know. I think they could have done worse, uh, but I still don't really love it. If I, I think that's a fair uh, way yeah, to have my on that. Yeah, and and again, like they were as uniforms alone, they were pretty good, like pretty good to find, like not not dissing it there, like like the video that they put out the day before the game, um, with uh, Trace Willing in the remix of uh, "Paint It Black" from what was it ACDC? That uh, was really good. That it was, was very well done. Exceptional, in fact. And like I, I think a lot of credit goes to the marketing department and the branding department for for putting together content like this. It's like, um, like I graduated from tech in, or I started tech in 2015, um, back when the marketing department was still running on a bit of a shoestring budget, and you definitely didn't see things like this. No, not um, at all. And and so having it, uh, definitely, like I, I definitely am appreciative of it. Um, I think the on-field performance stands in much contrast to the quality of uh, the media that the tech put out for this game um, in, in a lot of ways. And I, I think it was once again, a bit of a disappointing outing um, on the field. Yeah. Um, I think that uh, that's probably a fair hedge to put on it. I, I, I think another thing that comes back to the black watch and kind of ties into the disappointing outing on the field um, is that of all the defenses to honor, 
with all the teams that could have honored them, I don't think that this was the right uh, right time. And I, I know this has deep personal significance to a lot of tech fans that maybe I don't appreciate as a young you youth person, as a youth, and also a Gen a parent, Z, like like not even a parent to, to Todd Stansbury. Listening to the podcast, you hear him say, because uh, Andy Demetra is like, oh, like, like, do you want a black watch uniform? And, and he kind of shrugs off. He's like, oh, no, I never earned that. Which, which I thought was like a testament to the, the power of what the actual black watch was, you know, like it wasn't just mm-hmm. a, like a thing that everybody wore. Cause the whole defense was really good. It was like, no, the best of the best on a, on a solid defense got the black watch, you know, and, and mm-hmm. give it out as a participation trophy feels a little bit dirty. I already don't like the black. Oh, oh boy. Oh boy. You participation. Know. You're calling it. Don't let's walk that one back. A participation trophy. It is. I'm not walking that back. I would not. Okay, I'll, I'll let you finish your tirade. It. No, okay. It. Every player on the team got it. That's like antith- antithetical to the point of fine. The black fine. Fine. Okay. Continue. Continue. I didn't mean it in a in like a in like a own. The, you know, like this is like a comment on society or something like that. No, it's just that's what it was. Um, this is not. <laughs> I refuse to let you insinuate that I'm trying to make it one. Um, God, you boomer. I am a boomer. Um, We've called you Gen Z and a boomer in the same breath. Okay, just just yeah. get, to the, get to the point here. Uh, the point is, you know, black's not our school color. It, the defense wasn't great. But I, do, I don't doubt the deep personal significance that it holds for Todd Stansbury being his teammates and his friends and, you know, his defense that he was on. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I was surprised to learn that Jeff Collins had a black watch poster uh, in his room, but you know, that's personal significance to him too. And it makes sense. Defensive minded head coach, you want to honor a defense, but like, it just doesn't feel like we're there yet. Like if you whip this out in three years or two years and Jeff Collins has a lockdown, incredible defense that like stokes fear into the heart of many, I think that that's a really effective promotion, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even even with the whole like in the past it was not everybody got it or whatever. Like that that's a curmudgeon y thing and you're never gonna have that in the day of standardized uniforms, standardized TV, like you, you know, it's just not how it goes. <laughs> so like mm-hmm. that all I I can kick that can to the side. Um, but no, if you look at the virtual ticket sheets that they're uh giving out for ten bucks a pop, you can tell that this was the plan all along. The one for Mer- uh Mercedes Benz, um is uh is a black ticket base you know like it this was the plan all along um, yeah that would have been that would have been interesting in mercedes-benz um i you know i i think it would have been interesting i think i think that's that's all i can say about that and it definitely has been in the works for a while i think we were having a conversation um on twitter where someone had noted like hey i've I, like this has been in the works for a couple of years like where this has been in, in progress like we we've known about this and and been working about this and like it's again it's cool to i think i said this in one of our mailbags it's great to see tech embrace its history it's it's rich athletic history and uniforms like this and i'm never going to say no to doing something like this the problem is 
I think you touched on it a little bit. The problem is when the unit that you're honoring or the current version of the unit that you're honoring is not doing so hot and it it just seems a little off, out of step. Um, I, and, and that's what we saw yeah, today. I, or I agree with that. And I think I will hedge what I said and what you just said with one thing. Uh, the scoop and score was the perfect this was the perfect game for them to do that. 99 oh, yards, yeah. yards, run it all the way back. You know, I, let's, let's didn't talk do that about on purpose uh, or, or anything like that. But I, I think you can call that the highlight of what was otherwise a very meh game to watch. It was a it was a crockpotting. It was it was a crockpotting. You you it, it looked your, your, and your slogans and, and sayings. I don't know what you're talking about, you know. You need to listen to more solid verbal. Um, to to be clear, this was this was a game that seemed in reach the entire time, but Notre Dame was actually in charge the entire time. Yeah. So let's let's start with the scoop and score. The scoop and score scoop and score was with was when it was what seven zip. Notre Dame was at it was in the red zone, um, pretty pretty bent on scoring again and. Uh, I forget who ripped the ball out, but Wanya. I also forget Wani rips the ball out, and who who picked it up and ran it back? I think it was Mari Walton. Walton down the sideline. Yeah, so that was early in the early in the first quarter, right? Probably the maybe middle-ish, probably. Um, so you start there. You you have a Notre Dame team that has had basically two drives at that point. Tech has sort of gone three and out on its first drive. Um, but the score is 7-7. Seven, seven. I think everyone's feeling good at that point. Everyone's feeling like Tech is in this game. The defense has shown up today. Um, like, we're in it. We, we, can, we can put together a fight. And then Ian Book and uh, Kieran Thompson um, – just sort of put a lot of dents in that armor. Yeah. Um, I, I think the one gigantic play to tie the game at seven, seven feeling against Notre Dame was very similar to the one gigantic play to tie the game at seven, seven against Clemson feeling. Yeah. Except what I, I think this one, it was just a lot, whole lot of like, very methodical offensive work by by Notre Dame. Um, yep. A lot of a lot of running the ball. A lot of um, a lot of you know short short to medium pass plays. Ian Book Ian Book wasn't throwing the ball downfield a whole lot, if I remember correctly. Correct. Um, and whereas with Clemson, Trevor Lawrence was putting the ball wherever and whenever he wanted, and he would find a receiver. Yep. Um, and this stat from from our friend Robert's uh, advanced stats breakdown on the blog was really stood out to me. Um, Notre Dame had a one expected point uh, expected points added average or, or margin better than Georgia Tech per called pass play, and he summarized the effect of that as this. That means every time a passing play was called in this game, regardless of whether it was Georgia Tech or Notre Dame throwing the ball, N- Notre Dame put a point on the board, effectively put a point on the board. That's just the 
the ability that Notre Dame had to pick its spots and pick its moments and make um, and make effective use of those, both running the ball and and throwing the ball, um, just sort of dazzled and you know a, a Georgia Tech defense that's having a rough couple of weeks. Yeah. And uh, I, I think you touched on this. I think you touched on this when we were, or, or when we started, or right before we started. One of the big reasons why this Georgia Tech team is having trouble is it just can't get off the field. It's doing really good on those early downs, right? It's it's holding teams to to first first and ten, and then second and long. But then that third and long that fourth and sh- fourth that third and long might be third and medium and that gets converted or it, they they turn that third and long into a fourth and short uh, opponents do and that's where you're seeing them have trouble getting off the field and ending series early yeah um i i <laughs> My favorite Slack quote, I think, of the of the game was that second down is the new money down because because we did have we did have advantage not advantages but you know pretty repeat success getting them in a position that's theoretically favorable um, mm-hmm. but it just didn't hold it didn't hold and and their rate on money down Choa down third down space courts down whatever the heck you want to call it was. I, I think that's well, it certainly was not making Choa a lot of money. Yeah, exactly. I uh, I think that's a linchpin in the we thought the defense would be better argument mm-hmm. right there is, you know, like if you have opportunities on like third and eight and third and nine, they shouldn't be able to. You got to finish. Yeah. Yeah. You can't let them convert on that as regular as they do. Even on the opening drive where Notre Dame scored the touchdown. Right. We instantly mm-hmm. have them at first and 20 get midfield or past midfield. You should be able to put together a stop on that, right? And immediately mm-hmm. we get all that advantage right back and boom. You know, yeah. So just, just to add some color, sort of some statistical color to that. So Notre Dame was 10 of 15 on third down um, and tallied 24 total first downs. They didn't have any fourth downs to convert. So yeah, it was a bit of a rough go on on late downs. Um, let's switch over to talking about the offense for a second, because I think that's something – I don't know how to describe this performance. Um, I, I know Robert sort of touched on a couple of things here and there uh, in his recap, and I, I think Jeff did the same in his. I think one of the big things was Notre Dame was able to get a lot of pressure um and they also just they because they were working so methodically on offense they just didn't give tech that much time to work with the ball at all uh if i have the numbers over here uh i think this the margin of, of time of possession sort of downplays uh what it felt like honestly and what it was at times but uh, at the end of the game, Notre Dame had had the ball for 37 minutes and Tech had had it for about 23 minutes. But at one point during like the, the second quarter, the Georgia Tech offense was on the bench for a full half hour in real time. That's yep. that's a lot of time. Yeah. Um, I just, I don't know. 
I I like what the offense is doing this year compared to last year. Oh, absolutely. I, I just don't feel like I got a read on them yesterday or Saturday. You know, like, mm-hmm. like it's improvement. It feels better, but it still doesn't feel all that effective. And we talk about getting Notre Dame into second and third and longs. It felt like we were playing from that all game, you know? And and again, this is vastly different to the uh you know, you're gonna you're gonna get break off long runs or be working from an efficient yardage pretty much all the time in the triple or or if you have like a Clemson running game, you know, watching that or watching Boston College work, it's just very apparent to see the difference between that and our our uh, effectiveness on that side of the ball. And I think you also had the the you know the usual standard of weird the weird turnovers that Tech has had recently, like the there was the Sims sack fumble um, midway through the game that I think kind of just completely flipped it, flipped the game on his head and sort of took Tech out of it completely. That was immediately um, after that big pass play too, right? Yep, I, I think so. Putting us deep in plus territory, yep. Mm-hmm. And fumble. Um, and it, Robert says it pretty well, or he has some, some stats that I, I think tell the story pretty well. Uh, on Georgia Tech was stuffed on 26% of its rushes. Um, it uh, Sims in the pocket uh, was pressured 29% of pass plays uh, and Notre Dame was able to gener- generate a havoc event or havoc play on 30% of Georgia Tech's offensive plays. It's They were able to get so much pressure and disrupt so much and it was hard for a young offense to handle. Although I will say the one the one bright spot in, in Saturday's performance again was, was Jameer Gibbs. Um, he he did a lot of of good work, uh, especially out of the backfield. Uh, Robert noted here, uh, Gibbs had a success rate of sixty two percent, which is far higher than I think anyone else on the team. Yeah, that's that's what we like to see, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And I, I I think his he's been super consistent at being good, and I think that's that's been a I said it was a bright spot in this game, but it's been a revelation to watch this season so far. And I, I've really enjoyed watching him play. Yeah. Uh, I I said this after the Louisville game, vaulting that, uh, vaulting that last two yards to go into the end zone is going to be a play that defines this season. You know, I think I'm okay with that. You know, if we can say mm-hmm. we have a transcendent star uh, running back, who we can build around. We have this young quarterback who's shown flashes of pretty good talent. We can build around that, you know, I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not trying to excuse a lot of the problems with the offense, but we, we do have talent in the receivers room, even if we don't talk about it as much as we do the running backs, it's not the same level of talent, mm-hmm. but they're, you know, quality players. And I don't know. I'm, I I didn't expect to say that I have less issues with the offense in year one, year two, whatever you want to call this, of the Jeff Collins era. I I figured it would be the defense transitions. They get better under defensive-minded head coach because, you know, defense doesn't play triple option or or whatever the legendary challenge of transforming this team is. And 
Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, you have uh, you have to go to work at the offense. And I, I feel like it's very weird that the offense is like, yeah, they only scored 13 points a game. They don't a- average all that much. They have the drubbing of Louisville, but, you know, not not terribly much else going in terms of just racking up points. But they've shown I think they've shown us some signs they can do it. And I think if uh, Davey P gets a little bit more. Oh, God, you're, uh, you're I'm, I'm not even going to comment on that one. We're going to we're going to keep moving. It, but you know what I'm saying? If, if he can, I'm not going to say play it fast and loose, but just get a little more imaginative, imaginative with the play calling. And I, I think. I think we have a, a good base to build off there. And I, I don't mm-hmm. like I said, I didn't really see that coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I. I I think this goes back to something we were talking about last week where it's I think we expected to see progress on both fronts, both the offense and the defense. And I think there has been demonstrable progress on the offensive front. I, I think it comes down to the, the issues there have just come down to red zone execution and weird turnovers, really. Yep. Um and and the the ways to fix that are I mean, one keep playing football. Um, to a certain extent, like you just kind of have to work through the through those things with the young quarterback. Um, and and the other piece is have um Im- keep improving on the offensive line. Um, and I think that comes down to recruiting, and that's something that we need to keep an eye on moving forward. On yep. the defensive side of the ball, and and I know we commented on this last week. It's and and you said it again here. When you hire a defensive-minded coach, you you expect significant improvement on the defensive side of the ball, um, and I'm I think it's the same case as last week. I'm still looking for that significant improvement. He has time. I'm not again. I think the, the, the same way we hedged last week. We're not calling for anyone's job. We're not blaming blaming anything on on players or anything like that. I think. Our goal is to see improvement, and we definitely saw it on the offensive side of the ball. Like we can see growth, um, we just want to see it on both sides of the ball and be competitive in some of these games where you know Tech can be competitive and does show signs of life. Yeah, yeah, uh, I think that's a good way to put it. And uh, I'm not going to do what you just said a disservice by, you know. By, by following it up. By following it up and saying the same damn thing. Um, hey, never mind the fact that I basically did the exact same thing. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, we've, yeah, we, we, should, we should move on. Just to, just to finish up our, our discussion on the Notre Dame game, new SP Plus ratings did come out. Tech has fallen to 68th overall. Woo. Either fallen or remained in the same place. I don't remember what last week's were. Anyway, they had the 70th ranked offense, 63rd ranked defense, and 99th ranked special teams. Uh, speaking of special teams, one, I guess, final, final note on um, the Notre Dame game. We did have that one very, very badly shanked field goal. Um, yeah, I don't I don't got words for that one. That one's that, just that not a, a big old shrug for me. Not ideal. Yeah, All uh, right. I was going to say something else. Um, oh, yeah, Presley looked a little bit off. I'm not really sure if that was just me sitting 
in a different spot in the stadium or something than usual. I know, I know the average yardage was a little bit down, but I don't know. Just didn't really. I thought that was worth mentioning at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, although, in his to his credit, uh, Mike Golick, who was on the call, I think it was Mike Golick, um, did did sort of look at him and 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 comment on his like his punting ability and sort of reemphasize what I think all of us in the writers' room are thinking that that. Harvin has a really good chance to be a, a good punter in the National Football League. Yeah. All right. So that about wraps it up for Notre Dame. Uh, this week is a bye week. Um, so enjoy your uh, one week of uh, relaxation, as it were. Um, the next game for Georgia Tech football is in two weeks versus Pittsburgh. That'll be at 7 p.m. Eastern uh, on your local regional sports network. We can save a preview of that for uh, for next week's episode uh, since we're already running out of time. So do you want to rapid fire some picks real quick? Sure, let's do it. All righty. Saturday, November 7th, has Friday a night couple game. of games, but I was getting there. Segway, segway. But Friday night has one particular ranked matchup, or it was ranked on one side at least. The 730 on ESPN, number 11 Miami at North Carolina State. Give me the Canes. Yeah, give me the Canes. This one's, uh, this one's easy. NC State was ranked last week. Week before yeah, that, though, C game. Yeah, and then they got drubbed. So, yep. Yeah, I think um, I think Devin Leary, Devin O'Leary, Devin Leary, uh, was the starter to start at the beginning of the season for for North Carolina and er, State, and he had an injury that ended his season, or will keep him out for a while. Um, and the backup is just not that good right now. Yeah. Uh, move, moving on, the nooner on ESPN2 on Saturday, uh, the rivalry game, North Carolina at Duke. Um, give me North Carolina. Yeah, this is a Tar Heel win through and through. I don't think Duke has the horses to keep up. But I have seen weirder results with North Carolina recently, so... I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I just don't think Duke has enough, even if they do really come to play. So It's at home in Wallace Wade Mausoleum. Ah, everybody's favorite mausoleum. Everyone's favorite black and blue painted mausoleum. Anyway, moving right along, the Nooner on ACC Network, number 25, Liberty at... Virginia Tech. This mm. one's a this one's a tough one. Um, I'll take uh, Virginia Tech. I, uh, do I do I want to pick Liberty here? I don't. I just okay, fine. Give give me Liberty. I feel dirty about it, but I like winning things sometimes. Yeah. See, it's. It's dirty, and if it was a different, solid, non-con, group of five, whatever, I would pick them, but I just, 
you know, vendettas are a fun thing. Especially when you're watching from afar. Mm-hmm. There's that one, that one, that joke's got layers to it, kids. You should, don't look it up. Trust me. Um, the 2 p.m. on, I think this is on an RSN, Boston College at Syracuse in the battle of who beat tech worse. <laughs> I'm going to take BC. Yeah, this one's this one's Boston College. We need to we need to separate here. I think we'll get some separation on the next one. Yeah. Um, which what? Who's up next? Pit. Next one. Oh God, you're ruining my transitions here with your with your speech. The 4 p.m. on ACC Network. Pittsburgh at Florida State. And this one's interesting because Pitt without Kenny Pickett, um, and and the way that defense has regressed in recent weeks is an interesting matchup versus a um, a Florida State team that seems like it's on the right track, question mark? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I'm probably going to take Pitt here just because I don't think Florida State is all that consistently good. Um, but uh, I, I, I'm pretty much ahead. Uh, a toss-up on this one. Hmm, interesting. I think I'm going to go with uh, Florida State, just for the memes, honestly. Fair enough. All right. All, all right. The big one uh, with college game day afoot uh, is the 7.30 between Clemson, number one, still number one Clemson, by a single AP poll vote at Number four, Notre Dame, and that one's on NBC. Mm, I'll take Clemson. Mm, yeah, I need I need Clemson to keep Georgia out of the playoff. So so give me Clemson. Yep, same thought here. Um, okay, mm-hmm. one more, right? What's up? I said we got one more, right? There's a lot this yes, week. Yes, we do. Yeah, we there's a lot, and I'm already tired. Uh, the last one, last one is the 8 p.m. on ACC Network, Louisville at UVA. Give me, give me your one word pick here. Uh, UVA. Louisville. Boom! Wow. All right. They get interesting at the end. Go us. Ooh, spooky. Uh, two days after Halloween, and we're getting spooky. All right. Any final thoughts before we call it? Um, can't say I do. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we, uh, defeat the bye week again. Uh, yeah, that would, that would be good. This is Tech's, what, second bye week of the season? Um, as determined by the, uh, big ACC scheduling machine in the sky. Uh, so I guess there is the caveat that if there is some sort of COVID situation, um, down the road for, Georgia Tech. Obviously, we're hoping that there isn't. There's not a lot of scheduling flexibility left um, because you don't have the bye weeks anymore. So that's definitely something to keep an eye on. Um, however, I think things have been handled pretty well on campus. Um, obviously, we're seeing stuff get a little worse across the country, but on campus, at least things are mostly okay, I would say, right? Yep. 
I I feel pretty comfortable. So hopefully they uh, stay safe too. All right. I guess that is about it. Listeners, thank you all for listening, and we will see you next week. Oh,